And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Canes Midwest middle infielder and 2026 Kentucky commit Nate Millington on the JKR podcast for the Canes Midwest baseball series presented by Bayou City Baseball Company. Nate, pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Great to be here. Uh, my name is Nate Millington. Uh, I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, I play baseball, basketball, and I'm committed to the University of Kentucky. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, first off, thanks for coming on the show. And I guess you kind of answered my first question there, but the first question I always like to ask everybody to get it rolling is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? You know, who exactly is Nate Millington? I guess if there's anything else that you want to add on there to that introduction. Uh, not really. I just got three brothers and a lot of baseball. Okay. All right. You know, there we go. So we got a lot of baseball to dig into today. You you mentioned one of those brothers. I'm assuming he's one of your high school teammates as I looked at that roster, but you know, we'll dig into that as we move into high school ball. First off, let's move into the Canes Midwest. Obviously this is the Canes Midwest series. So, you know, we want to show them a little bit of love, uh, kind of take us through your travel baseball experience. You know, how'd you get connected with that Canes Midwest team? Uh, in about 10 you, I played for a local Havoc team and ran into Canes 11 you or 10 you and Ryan Wolf, Reese Wolf's dad, he contacted me and it just, our team was not good for two, three years. And then after that, we kind of built our own team and 
and we're our team now. Okay. Okay. So you said Ryan Wolf reached out to you. I'm assuming that's Reese's dad. Is he the head coach for you guys right now? Or how is who exactly is that head coach right now for you guys? Uh it's Mike Vaughn. He Mike is Vaughn. he used to help coach Jay Hunley and he's he's an amazing guy. Okay, so you know, with you know, you with Mike Vaughn being that head coach, with Reese's dad being your coach there before, what were some of those relationships you've been able to build with different coaches in that Canes Midwest program? You know, those guys, maybe even I mean Jay Hunley, I know he's a 2025 coach, but you know, how often is he involved with you guys as well? Uh we run into Jay a lot. We subbed for their team in the NPI this year. So it was that was fun. And the all the coaches are great guys on Canes. It's it's all a good atmosphere and it's really fun. And I built a connection with Ryan Wolf like my whole life. I could text him at any time and get any answer for anything. Okay. So you mentioned that you guys got the sub in for the NPI there for the 2025 team with Jay. You know, what was that like? You know, what was that like, you know, moving up to that next level, playing up against the 2025s? Was there, you know, a big jump from, you know, your age group to that? Or, you know, how exactly was that looking? Uh, I thought that was really fun. It felt like we had a really good team. And I mean, it was, it felt like kind of a jump, but I think high school ball helped a lot with that. So it's not like I'm jumping and playing against, 2024s or anything yeah. but I, that was really fun really yeah. fun so you talk about ryan wolf as the guy who reached out to you so you know that means reese wolf's on that team you also have you know hudson devon there in southern indiana all these different guys you know when you talk when, you, when it's on the teammate side of things what are some of those relationships you've been able to build with those guys and you know what's that looking like in the spring when maybe a few of those guys are switching around from teammates to opponents there in high school ball uh i that's the best part Hudson and Reese, I'll play in regular season for high school ball. And Reese is probably my best friend. Talk to him every day. And it that makes high school ball really fun. I love it. So looking back at these couple of years of travel baseball, you know, moving to the Canes Midwest, you know, thinking about summer by summer, what would be some of those favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind, whether that's on the field doing something pretty, pretty cool, off the field as well? What are those memories looking like? Uh, my favorite memory is – uh, last year, we beat USA Prime National. They ranked second in the country in Hoover, Alabama. And then that was just crazy because social media started blowing up after that. And that was really fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, US, I mean, USA Prime is always loaded. You guys are always loaded. And you talk about social media. I see you guys are, um, you know, I'm not the I'm not Jack's guy. I know he's stepping up that Canes Midwest program when it comes to social media, doing a lot of doing a lot of stuff for you guys. But um, when it comes to the roster for that Canes Midwest 2026 team, you know, you've mentioned Hudson, you've mentioned Reese. I know Trent Gill's on that team as well. He's another you know Power Five commit. Kobe Cherry. I know he's uncommitted, but I'm sure at some point he he'll be going to a Power Five school. Um, for you being around so many guys like yourself who are going to be going to that you know high next level, how are you maybe picking the brains of some of these guys? You know, what's that looking like in terms of you know checking out their hitting approach or maybe their pregame routine? You know, how are you picking those guys' brains? Uh, I I think it's the best thing ever to be committed and playing with commits, but like I've learned so much from just all of them, even the guys that aren't committed, and I just use that to help my game. Okay. I try to take everything from Trent's infielding to Kobe Cherry at the plate or even Hudson and Reese pitching if yeah. I'm on the mound. 
Yeah. And I know when you guys were in, I think it was last summer, it was junior futures games. I mean, I think for the most part, it was, you know, all those guys were on that team, a couple Indiana Bulls as well. Do you have some relationships with some other guys across the state? Like, let's say, um, I know Sammy Swink is a Kentucky commit, um, Tate Troxell, all those different guys who, you know, were there for junior futures game as well. I do, I do talk to uh, Sammy and Evan Hampton. He's from Kentucky. You know, he's committed to Kentucky, too. I built relationships with them, and I've started talking to so many 2026s that are uncommitted that I've just become friends with from Travel Ball. Yeah. So are you going to play a little bit of a role in some of those guys' recruiting processes, those uncommitted guys, and be, like, throwing Kentucky their way here in a couple of years? Yeah, I, I like to I like to use that to get people onto our team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, that, that's smart. That's smart. You got to, you know, got to build that Kentucky roster here for 2026. But um, earlier you talked about how you guys subbed in there for, you know, Hudley's team there at MPI. Kind of take us through how the rest of the summer has gone, going from NPI, WWBA, a couple tournaments there at Grand Park. You know, what's this summer, summer been looking like? Our summer has been pretty good. We've had some difficulties with pitching and other things, but I think we'll be, we'll be good. Uh, hopefully we can do good in our tournament in Hoover and then build an even better team next year. Okay. So after, so, so where you're at right now, I believe you guys, uh, you said, is, is this your last tournament coming up or what exactly is that outlook on the rest of this summer? So this is our last tournament and then we'll have tryouts July 29th and then hope maybe have some false stuff. I'm not sure, but really we need to add on, on after tryouts. Okay, so when it comes to tryouts there, with you already being on that Canes Midwest team, what's that look like for you? Do you just show up just like, you know, people who've never played for the Canes Midwest before? Or what exactly do those tryouts look like? Yeah, but it's I like to use it to where I can look at players and I can talk to my coach. I talk to my coach a lot about other players and, like, what we like. So you t- you talk about how, you know, you potentially might be playing a tryout a- fall ball I guess with the Canes Midwest were you able to play fall ball last year or you know what what's that fall fall schedule looking like for you because obviously like we started talking about before we started recording you know you you know have basketball there in the winter too so you'll be training for that you know how do you maybe you know kind of you know move that schedule around when it comes to basketball training but also trying to get some fall ball work in we we played about two or three tournaments but it kind of got chaotic with people for football and basketball so I don't – I'm not sure if we'll have a our age group, but I heard, I've heard that they're going to, like, combine teams of people that don't play basketball or football and just play, like, 17 years. Okay, okay. Um, So kind of moving into high school ball here a little bit, you know, just coming off your freshman season, kind of take us through how that freshman year went. You know, maybe some expectations that you had going in, some surprises that you had coming in. Uh, you know, what, what was that looking like? Uh, I was I was really excited to play high school being a freshman. And then when I heard I was on varsity, that was I, I really enjoyed that. But I enjoyed like so you you kind of have to play better on high school. Ball. There's you don't have as many studs on your team. But I feel like Bryson Carpenter, he's our senior that was committed to ISU. He really took me under his wing in high school ball and it, it made it really fun. Yeah. So when it came to the level of play here of Indiana baseball with you being a freshman, what were some of those surprises that you saw, you know, going through that day to day, going through a full, what, like probably 25, 30 game schedule? You know, what were some of those surprises? Uh, It's it's a really big jump from when you play like 
a team with a not very good pitcher and then you go and play Bloomington North and Tatum McCoy pitches against you and it's just humming on you. But I think that's that's really fun. I like playing the high-level pitching. I was surprised on how many non-high-level pitchers there were in high school ball, but I I loved high school ball. Yeah, so you talk, you you bring up Caden McCoy there. I'm sure he's one of the toughest guys you had to face this past spring. You know, what's that looking like in terms of, I know you're there in Terre Haute, so you have to face, you know, Carter Murphy at some point last year, a couple other guys there in Terre Haute who are going to Power 5 programs. You know, um, just kind of explain what that baseball competition was looking like when it came to those big-time guys. Like, how often are you facing another commit? And, you know, what's that looking like? Uh, we pro- we put, faced a decent amount of commits, but it made it just made it really fun. I loved I loved looking up the other team's roster and see if they had anyone committed. And then I loved just facing them, competing. Yeah. So when you are facing them, who was that toughest pitcher from your freshman year here in the state of Indiana? Who would that guy be? Uh, either Kaden McCoy or the guy we faced in sectionals. Uh, Kaden McCoy's stuff is crazy. So who was the guy you faced in sectional? I'm not sure, but he was throwing like 92, 93 senior. Ooh. Okay. So what team? Brownsburg. Brownsburg. Ooh, okay. I don't I, I don't know that Brownsburg roster very well, man. But 90, 92, 93, shoot. Yeah, I didn't know who it was. And then he came in and it was just humming it. <laughs> so if you had to, so obviously Caden's going to be a senior next year, so you'll be facing him again. What's that approach going into that AB next spring? Get another hit. And I <laughs> – Hopefully I'm hitting leadoff and I like to just put the ball in play and run. Yeah. So you weren't, so what were you hitting in the lineup this year as a freshman? I was hitting second. Second. Okay. So you're going to be moving to leadoff here for your sophomore year. You know, you know, beyond that, what are some of those expectations you're having for your sophomore year already having that one year of experience of varsity baseball underneath your belt? You know, what are those expectations? Uh, I'm, I hope to have a really good high school season. But we have a really young class coming up. We had about 10 seniors last year. So in my grades, like the next grade with a lot of baseball players. So we'll have a bunch of sophomores on varsity next year, okay. which typical, but good to get experience in early. So it'll make it better later on in high school. Yeah. So losing 10 guys from last year's roster with you, you know, being a guy who was played as a freshman, being a, you know, power five commit, do you see yourself, you know, expecting to jump up as a leader next spring or what exactly is that looking like in your mind? Yeah. I, I felt like I turned into a leader throughout last year because like there's not crazy amounts of talent just on one high school team. So being more talented definitely brought a lot of leadership out of me. And like one of my teammates to do well. Okay. So looking back at, you know, just the high school competition you were facing, what do you think is tougher for you being a guy who's a freshman playing up against guys who are 17, 18 years old, junior, seniors, or when you're playing travel baseball and you're playing guys who are obviously all your same age group, but you know, that maybe a little bit higher level of talent, what's tougher. And is there maybe a transition there when it comes from high school ball to travel ball? Uh, I would say, Travel ball is more difficult, like overall, but high school's difficult when you face a really good pitcher that can just go, mow through your lineup. But I feel like travel ball is more competitive and more like it's more difficult to just get hits and especially with wood bat tournaments. Yeah, I'm sure. And again, like I was, that's what I was thinking, because I'm sure it's tough 
I'm sure you're not facing a guy like Cade McCoy or that guy from Brownsburg when you're playing at these tournaments in the 2026 class. So, you know, I was kind of curious what that was looking like. But one question I forgot when it came to the travel baseball world, I'm going to ask it back to back for high school and travel baseball. Favorite memories? You're thinking of travel baseball. What are some of those memories that come to mind? And then high school ball, what are some of those memories that come to mind as well? Uh, my favorite high school moment so far is – oh, my my favorite high school memory is probably we won the glove game, which is our rival school, Terre Haute South, and we won that. And that was that was really enjoyable because our seniors had never lost. So that was really fun. And then my favorite travel ball moment, it's either being USA Prime or, uh, oh, an 11U when we were at Grand Park in the uh, ABC. So we didn't we did not have a really good team and we made it to the championship that year. And that was that was so much fun. That was the first time we had done really good in a tournament. And that was that was awesome. Yeah, actually, I, I guess I forgot that I asked that because I, I, I did ask that favorite travel baseball memory. And now, now that you said it about USA Prime, I was like, shoot, I forgot that one. But you know, now, now I remember asking. But you talk about how when you guys first got started, when you joined that team with Ryan Wolf, you guys weren't that great. You guys win that ABC tournament. How did you see that team evolve slowly as you got on there, maybe adding some different players, some different players evolving? How did you see that whole team go from, you know, not very good to where you guys are at now with a bunch of Power 5 commits? So at first, it was literally just me and Reese that are still on this team now. And then we picked up Hudson Devon the next year. And then we went and picked up Trent Gill and some other kids from Valpo. Then we had a really good summer. And a lot of kids wanted to come play with us. And I was that I feel like that's what built our team. Okay. All right. So I see that Kentucky logo there on your shirt. Let's go ahead. Let's dig into the whole recruiting process and what landed you there at Kentucky. Take us through that recruiting process. You know, when to get started for you, when did you start getting noticed by some of those division one teams? So after the uh futures games, I was talking to a little bit of schools just off and on. And then we played a fall tournament at Grand Park in uh, Coach Coggins, Will Coggins, the old recruiting coordinator. He's at Georgia now. But he came to two of our games, and I, pl I played really good. So then we got in contact and talked for about three, four months. And I went to a camp, and I met all the coaching staff, and I loved it. It was awesome. And then after, after about a month after the camp, I got on a co call with Coach Mingion, and he went through about everything, gave him an offer, and I committed like two days after. So going through that, when the recruiting process was getting started, the guy who's now at Georgia is reaching out to you. What are some of those initial conversations looking like? I'm sure you were talking to Kentucky, maybe some other schools as well. What's that looking like in terms of maybe some questions you're asking them, questions they're asking you? And for the most part, were a lot of the conversations the same or, you know, how did they differ a little bit? Uh, I You get asked a lot about what you want to do in school because I feel like the colleges actually do prior tours, prior to prior to whatever <laughs> they like to know what you want to do in college but uh I, whenever I would ask questions it would be like how much am I practicing how much do I get to practice how much access do I get to stuff and like just around the town like what what is there to do and that's about it 
Okay, so they get you there on campus for a camp there in Lexington. Kind of take us through what that weekend was looking like. You know, you go there, maybe seeing some other things on campus. I've heard Lexington's beautiful. Um, so kind of take us through what that visit to Lexington was like. Yeah, I really enjoyed Lexington. It was just some tons of food places, and I love the atmosphere there. The camp was extremely fun, and going through all the, like, everything that they have at the baseball field, just, it blew my mind. So you said that when you, after you got that offer, you ended up committing two days after. So I'm sure that, I mean, Kentucky was probably on top of your list the entire time, but as that recruiting process, you know, started to get closer and closer to that commitment, were there a couple schools that finished second and third or, you know, what, what exactly was it that put Kentucky on top? Uh, just SEC school. And I was really fortunate to get the offer that I got and just I just want that's a dream of mine playing the SEC closest SEC school to home and just it's like it's going to be a dream if I can go and actually play yeah I'm sure so earlier you talked about how that recruiting coordinator moved from Kentucky to Georgia for you since you've committed what's that relationship looking like with those coaches obviously we have the new rule in NCAA as well that's kind of maybe put a hinder on it but what's that looking like in terms of you know how often you were talking to them after the commitment before the new rule came into place what's that looking like I was in contact with Coach Coggins, which he's at Georgia now, and I was talking to him every single day, not every single day, every single Wednesday, and then that the rule happened, so I wasn't in contact with anyone, which it, it kind of sucks for me, but, like, I really understand the rule, but then, uh, so then they hired a new uh, recruiting coordinator, so he showed up to our game against Wow Factor National during first in the country they showed up to that game in Georgia or he showed up to that game in Georgia and it was nice to see him and then he talked to my coach about me and two of my teammates Kobe Cherry's one of them and like I hope to build a connection with him but it kind of sucks not being able to talk to him for another year yeah, I'm sure. So you said that he brought up Kobe Cherry. So I know we we brought we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but you throw in Kentucky Kobe's way. You're like, hey, Kobe, like this might be a good opportunity for us to go play at that next level together, go win an SEC championship. What's that looking like? Maybe some other players that you're trying to, you know, maybe be a recruiter for Kentucky as well um, and recruit those guys there. Yeah, he talked about Kobe Cherry and this kid named Jace Watson. He's our catcher for sure throwing it at him because I'd love to take one of my teammates and go to college with them and enjoy experience together. Yeah, I'm sure. So when it comes to the state of Indiana, I know we're, you know, especially for you being down there in Southern Indiana at Terre Haute, you're probably not too far away from Lexington. I know Sammy Swank, he's in your class going to Kentucky as well. I think Bradley Farrell might be the only other Kentucky commit in the state. Um, but what's that relationship like with some of your future Wildcat teammates? You mentioned Hampton as well with the Bulls, but you know, what are some of those relationships you have with some future teammates? Uh, I talked to Sammy and Evan quite a lot, just about travel ball and maybe having them come to our team. But, and I've talked to, I follow Bradley Farrell or whatever. And I try to talk to those guys, but I just, I'm trying to like, like get as much people as I'm going to know there, just know them now and talk yeah. to them now. Yeah, I'm sure. I know, I know Arkansas does a really good job at that. And Arkansas, obviously, I mean, you've seen it the past couple of years as they made the college world series and 
all those different things. I mean, it, it definitely helps to have different relationships with like just bonds with teammates, you know, even before you get to campus. But with the Indiana Bulls and the Kings Midwest kind of being, you know, the two top programs here in the state, if you're a power five guy, I mean, there's a good chance you're playing for Kings Midwest playing for the Indiana Bulls. Have you had the chance to play up against that Indiana Bulls 2026 team or no? no. Okay. No, I, really want to but i don't think we're going to get yeah i i see i asked that question for all you guys there on the you know the bulls the canes of the west i feel like you guys are never playing each other it's like man like you guys are absolute both absolutely loaded with guys from the state it'd be cool to kind of see you guys square off but you know you never know like you said maybe maybe it'll happen here in a a wwba next year or something like that where you guys just randomly you know get to play each other but um want to dig into my last baseball segment here more of your on the field play so i know as i'm looking at like your pg account your pbr account Play middle infield. I think that's where your primary position is, but also playing outfield. I saw PG tweet the other day that you were on the mound as well. Um, kind of what's that mindset heading into these next couple of years? Where do you see your primary position at that next level? I don't, I don't really, I'm not set on a position. I like to be able to play everywhere. I feel like I could use that later on in college to get in the game, but I, I'm hoping to grow into a shortstop being really tall. And that's really what drew Kentucky to talk to me is my height and like hand-eye coordination. So I just want to, I'm want to build up mass and all that before I leave high school and have a chance to play. Okay. So have, so having that ability to move around the diamond from shortstop second base, I'm sure you're playing, you know, center field, third base as well. You know, what's that transition to each position? Is there a different, you know, mindset approach when you're playing infield compared to outfield shortstop compared to second, you know, what, what's that transition like? Yeah, definitely, definitely different. Uh, I really enjoy third shortstop getting able to throw it around, but there's definitely a different mindset playing second and short when there's guys on base and you got to think a lot more about what you're doing if the ball's hit to the left side or the right side. And then center field, I've, I played center field all last year. So, I mean, I love like enjoying and knowing what each position's like. Yeah. So early, you you kind of mentioned there that you want one of your big goals is to you know stick at shortstop potentially get a little bit bigger. But as you look at these next couple of years, looking at your development, what are some of those key things you're wanting to put a point of emphasis on when it comes to your development on the fielding side of things, hitting maybe your physique? What what are some of those developments you're working on? I I really want to get up to like 200, 190 by the time I'm out of high school, and so I have to get surgery on my chest. So that's that's going to be a big thing. So I have to like get rods in my chest and it pushes out. So I only use like 60% of my lungs. But after that, I want to like I want to go really hard in the weight room and just get really big. Yeah. So what's that recovery process for that surgery? Like are you going to be able to be back by next spring? Uh I'll be able to be back by next spring. I get it July 26th. So I'll be out for 12 weeks. Okay. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a long process, but I'm sure, yeah, you'll definitely be hitting the gym right after that, getting a little bit bigger, but um, digging onto the, the hitting side of things, kind of take us through your hitting approach. You know, what's going through your mind, you know, this year when you were that number two hitter, watching that guy in front of you, kind of seeing how the game, how that first AB of the game's going and then how that maybe changes when you are the leadoff hitter, what that approach difference is. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a lot different. Some people will say it's not, but I feel like it's a lot different in high school ball. I feel like I got a lot more off speeds in two hole than I would in leadoff. So in fat in travel ball, when I'm hitting leadoff, I love jumping on first pitch fastballs. Just if a fastball is there, I'll jump on it to start the game. 
yeah. that's my favorite thing to do. But in high school ball, I feel like I took so many more pitches, just so much more. And I I feel like that's, that'll help me, like, be in different spots in the lineup whenever I'm possibly playing in college. But I, I like lead off a lot more, but it definitely it definitely is a lot different. Yeah. So are you a big two-strike approach guy? Like, you know, what's that looking like? And then does that two-strike approach change going from leadoff to number two hole? Or is that kind yeah. of – Yeah. Especially two hole when you have someone on base. It's I feel like it's a lot different. And two strikes, leadoff, I feel like I just got to put in play and try to make something happen to start the game. Yeah. So when you are hitting, I know you throw righty, but you are a left-handed hitter. How did that come about? Was that something you were just born with or was that something you trained? I think I think my dad made me hit lefty all the time when I was younger because he knew it would help me. So being a, being, being a right-handed thrower, like have you ever tried to throw in the mix of being a switch hitter or you just you want to stick with being a left-handed hitter? My righty swings terrible. So I'm, <laughs> I've never really tried. Okay, so I guess here's the real question. When you golf, are you golfing right-handed or left-handed? I golf both in righty and left. Okay, which one are you better at? Probably right. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, uh, with all you guys that throw righty, hit lefty, you guys are all different when it comes to, well, I write, sometimes I write lefty and I kick righty and it's all, all this just different stuff. So I always like to, you know, throw that in there, see why you guys are hitting left-handed. Like I know there's a lot of guys who are left-handed that, you know, didn't even start till high school ball. I'm sure that, I'm sure that had to be a tough transition, but uh, when it comes to the mechanics of your swing, kind of take us through from, you know, that load up to that follow through, you know, how exactly what those mechanics are looking like and how maybe they've evolved here these past couple of years as you've gone from, you know, middle school, high school to being a sophomore now. Uh, I feel like I've gained a ton of power in my swing. I feel like I still need to change things to get a better swing for especially college and hopefully pro if I could get there. But I, I need to work on keeping my chest closed and keeping my uh, hands in. Because I do my best when I'm hitting opposite field and just running. And so, I feel like it's it's changed a lot from when I was younger. I have a very unorthodox swing. If you'll see on like tweets, that's what it is all the time. And just I just run. But I feel like I need to gain more power throughout high school and be like I don't get a lot of inside pitches. So I need to keep being able to hit that outside pitch. But when an inside pitch comes into me. I feel like I need to be able to destroy it. Yeah. So with that unorthodox swing, have you had some coaches maybe try to change the way that, you, you know, your mechanics are looking like, or do most people kind of leave it just because it is kind of working for you? Yeah. So uh, coach Coggins, the guy that recruited me from Kentucky, that's at Georgia now. He, uh, he told me that he said, don't let anyone change your swing because he thinks it'll be, it'll turn out really well in the future. But, like if I go and try to hit with someone, they they for sure try to change my swing and like try to change my stance and all that. So I try to just get some info from what they're saying, but not change my swing fully from what Coach Coggin says, because I I think he knows what he's talking about. So yeah, I'm I sure, don't I'm know. Sure I'm sure it's gonna be tough, and he de yeah definitely knows what he's talking about being a being a coach there in the SEC. I think they had. I think it was 79 guys drafted here this past week. So, I mean, if you're coaching the SEC, you, you definitely know what's going on when it comes to the game of baseball. Um, but looking at your game's entirety, so this can be when you're playing, you know, infield, playing outfield, even when you're on the mound, when you're hitting, 
If you were a scout watching your game, let's say your coach – is it Cog Coggins or Goggins? Coggins. Coggins, okay. So let's say your coach Goggins watching you play. What would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Uh, Probably lanky long infielder with pretty good speed and then uh, a lot of contact. Okay. So last, last baseball question here for you, obviously where you're at in your career right now, you know, being a power five commit as a sophomore, you know, I'm sure you've had a ton of influential people within your baseball career. Whether that's coach Wolf uh, coach. Uh, I forget, I forget who you said the coach for you guys are now. Um, but with all those different people, who would be the most influential people within your baseball career so far, you know, two to three people, who would those people be? Uh, coach Vaughn right now, definitely one our coach for our travel team right now. He for sure is. He's helped me throughout baseball so much. If I have a baseball question, that's who I go to. Uh, another one, probably my high school coach, Coach Lawson, Scott Lawson. He played baseball at Georgia. He didn't play a lot, but he's a pitcher. But, like, he's he's given me so much advice for when I am going to go play in the SEC and what I expect and what I know going into college. All right, so last segment I kind of want to dig into, like I said before we started recording, always like digging into the personal side of things when it, you know, when it comes to ending off the podcast. You know, don't want it to be all about baseball. Um, so when you're looking beyond the field, you know, what are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you have that, you know, maybe take your mind off of some things? Uh, I love going swimming with friends all the time, playing basketball in the, in the driveway. I, I just love hanging out with my friends a lot. But I don't want to prior towards prior to oh my god prior, prior <laughs> over two <laughs> God prioritize that more than getting better and getting better every day for baseball. Yeah, yeah. so be, being a basketball player too, I guess what's what's that scouting report on your basketball game? You you know, you're gonna lead you're gonna leave Terre Haute North to a to a maybe a sectional championship this year, or what's that looking like? My scouting report for basketball would be no jump shot and just driver, driver, driver. Okay, okay. So, I, yeah. yeah, I could see that. I mean, you're a tall, tall guy. You could be, look a little quick. I'm sure you could drive around some guys, get to the hoop. But uh, when it comes to the motivation side of things, uh, you know, what is it that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person? Just what are some of those motivations that you have? Uh, I My dad motivates me a lot to get better every day and be a better person in any way he he really motivates me a lot and whenever I just start thinking about playing in college baseball like I'd love to play my freshman year that motivates me a lot because I want to get better every single day and I hopefully want to get good enough to where I can make that happen yeah so let's let's take that question a little bit further let's say you make that happen you go become a freshman player there in the SEC at Kentucky you know continuously get better keep you know maybe keep going to the next level potentially playing pro ball perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road you'll be what 35 36 years old you know what does that perfect picture look like for you uh hopefully married married at 36 maybe I've two kids, three kids, and showing them baseball, show them what they, I know, and okay. just use that to my advantage with my kids. Okay, perfect. So I got four more questions here for you. I'm going to go ask them in sets of two. So two questions of two. Um, I just added these two new questions a couple days ago. 
So I, you know, gonna throw them in here for the you you guys here this week, kind of see how that how they work. Um, so first one, coolest contact in your phone. You're looking through your contacts. Who is that coolest guy? You're like, man, you know, not a lot of people have this phone number. Um, and then second one, TikTok for you page. You're logging on the TikTok. You know, what are some of those videos that you're seeing as you're scrolling through? Uh, my for you page, a lot of dancing and a lot of baseball. That's what's on my TikTok page. And then my coolest contact. Uh, for I would say Coach Mingione or uh, Fagley, uh, Josh Fagley. Okay, okay. Now, yeah, not everybody has a major league guy on their phone. How so? How'd you get connected with Fegley? Uh, so my my dad grew up with him. He's from Terre Haute, so my dad and his family grew up with him. And whenever my recruiting like started, that's who I he would talk to me, and we talked to him with my dad and just all about it, about what I should look for and all that. Yes, and he was a uh, I believe Fegley was an IU guy, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I remember, I think I think he has his picture up at Bart Kaufman Field, and I go to IU, so I'm there quite a bit. But um, all right, so final two questions here for you. First off, go to playlist. Let's say you got a long drive down to Lexington. I'm sure that's you know three three and a half hours or so. What are you throwing on? Whether that's genre, singer, maybe a go to podcast as well. What is that go to playlist for you? And then dream NIL brand. When you get to Lexington, get to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness, what would be that dream brand that you want to endorse, partner, or collaborate with? Uh, my playlist is a lot of Drake. I'd play a lot of Drake. And then my dream brand, probably, if I could pick any brand, it'd be Nike. Going to a Nike school and being having an NIL deal with Nike. Or I wouldn't mind a lot of Raising Cane's. Raising Cane. Okay. So, you know, that's that Raising Cane's is a unique, a unique one. And as you can probably guess, Nike's not, I mean, everyone's everyone. I mean, I feel like every other person saying Nike or Lululemon, which is kind of surprising to me, but um, you know, if you, if you have a, a endorsement deal with Nike, I'm sure you're doing pretty, you're doing something right within your baseball career. So, um, you know, that not a, not a bad one to have, but man, you know, that's the final question here on the JKR podcast. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I know we had to, you know, knock it out here somewhat early in the morning. I know 8 a.m. in the summertime can come around pretty quick. So really appreciate you hopping on the phone, uh, coming on the show. And, you know, best of luck as you guys, you said Hoover, I believe, for you guys' last tournament. Um, so best of luck there. Best of luck the rest of your career, man. I'm sure this won't be the last time we're seeing each other, obviously, with me being in the state and, you know, trying to be an agent and all that different types of stuff. So I'm sure I'll be seeing you around in the next couple of years. But, man, just best of luck the rest of your career. Thank you. I appreciate it.